Welcome back to Trot's Life. It is your Wednesday edition, and I'm now joined by a luminary of Australian equestrian, in particular dressage, Mary Hannah. Mary, firstly, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Uh, hi, Toby. Well, I'm very well, thank you. And um, I'm, I'm actually at home today, normally out at this time working my horses, but <laughs> because of your interview, we don't have a good phone there, so I'm home <laughs> at this oh, very well, moment. Thank you very much for uh, taking the call and having a chat. And I suppose first we better give a bit of a background for harness racing listeners into what you have achieved in your life kicking off in 1996. And I, I think I've worked out you would have been about 42 when you first went to the Olympic Games, which must have been an amazing dream come true and no doubt something that didn't happen overnight. Uh, yes, it had been um, an ambition of mine for a long time, but um, circumstances just meant that I wasn't in a position to really follow that to the degree that you need to do to get to an Olympics. Um, but eventually, yes, we did make it, and then I, I think I said I just wanted to do one Olympic Games, and having done one, it's a, quite an addictive thing. So um, it then was, yes, just one more, and that just one more went on for... Well, it went on for six, six Olympics. <laughs> so, six, six different Olympics in 2000, yes. 2004, 2012, 2016 and 2020. But right. it's a lot more than just an Olympic Games, is it not? Like, there's so much dedicated to this sport and how much time you must spend in Europe as well, you know, to compete at the highest level. Well, that's absolutely true. And, and of course, that, that was the thing that I could when I was younger, when you're struggling to make a living and... Um, just get by you don't have um, necessarily the, the time and the means to um, put in the dedication that you need to have for this um, so yeah it took me a long time to get to that point and then you've got to make the breakthrough into the top level of competition and then you've got to do it internationally um, and so yeah all those things take a long time and then it's been a, a lifetime of dedication to that goal I guess a lifetime of dedication and competitiveness as well. There's must be a huge competitive streak within you as well. Yes, well, I am known as being very competitive. Um, <laughs> I'm married to a very competitive man, so <laughs> competition is rather a big thing in our house, I must say. But he's been great because he's encouraged me also. He certainly has, Rob, and uh, he's got a bit of a passion for sailing as well. And is it true in 2008, the Olympics, you missed, you you endeavoured to make it in the sailing team, in the Etchell Sailing? Is that right where I read uh, that? Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, I had a brief kind of period of time, well, not brief, that brief, quite a, quite a number of years, about 10 years where I was very involved with the sailing. Um, and I did manage to, we, we got a crew together and we sailed at the World Championships in Perth with the Etchells. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, I think it's not that many women helming boats in, in that sport um, in Etchells. Uh, I think there was one other woman out of about 75 people, 75 boats. Um, but I had some really super guys that taught me because I, I really was a late starter in sailing. Um hmm. So, yeah, I got very competitive with it for a while. I wouldn't say I was highly successful, but I absolutely loved it. And, I, I, yeah, I loved the sailing as a competitive sport. It's fantastic. 
Yeah, I just like how you've just gone. I'm going to have a crack at that, and we'll get to harness racing shortly. Uh, your back injuries, you've, you've suffered a little bit uh, throughout your career with back injuries. Uh, yes, I have had, and I did have to have, I had a herniated disc had to have that operated on. Um, should have done that a lot sooner. It made such a difference to my life. Um, yeah. and, and dare I say, you know, since I had that operation, I've been up and running and, and riding a lot better and just feeling a lot more able in my sport. So it was it was really a turning point for me to be able to, because, you know, when you're riding horse in dressage, you really have to use your back quite strongly. Um, yeah. And the same with sailing, you know, pulling on sheets and things. You've got to be strong in your back. Um, luckily, I had a couple of blokes that were very strong, so they helped me, but... Um, with the riding, you just have to be able to use your back correctly and really be strong in your back. Um, otherwise, you can't do it at a top level. So that really made a huge difference for me. Now, tell us a little bit about where you're at with things at the moment. You've got a new horse, uh, Impress Tayonga, I think, a nine-year-old uh, Dutch warm bud, better known as Tommy. He's a liver chestnut stallion. So... Uh, what happens with this? I'm a bit naive to all this, but is are you aiming at 2024 with Tommy? Uh, yeah, Tommy was purchased, purchased with that very much in mind. And I have another one called Ivanhoe that I recently purchased as well because I've always tried to have two horses going because, as you know, with horses in any sport, anything can happen or go wrong. Um, so you always yep. need a bit of backup. Tommy's actually quite... I know nine probably sounds ancient in the trotting world, but uh, they're not, horses are not even allowed to compete in Grand Prix until they're eight years old. And yeah, okay. most of the top horses in the, at Olympic Games are somewhere between, say, 11 and 12, 13, 14, 15. They can go up to 18 years old um, at Olympic sport. So it's a completely different time frame. And <clears throat> the training takes so much longer. Um, and it's, not, it's just a very select few horses that actually even make it to Grand Prix, let alone into international competition. So how long would he have been in the process of training already as a nine-year-old? Would he have started as a yearling and, and it's been going all this time? Yeah, no, well, they never started yearlings. <clears throat> He's an 18-hand high horse, so um, you have to give time for the bones to develop and for the horses to develop physically because it's very hard work what they do. Um, yeah, I can compare it a little bit to um, to maybe a a boxer or a, a dancer. It's it's uh, that kind of muscle, more to, or you know, boxed or weightlifter. Let's say it's a lot of yeah. repetitive exercise and and takes a lot of strength to do it. Um, so we never break them until they're about three years old, and then we start the the training process gradually. And there's rules about the levels that you can do. You can only do certain levels at certain ages. So they yeah. they they start as I said. They can't even make the Grand Prix test. They can't even enter a Grand Prix test till they're eight years old because it would take at least that long for the muscles to develop and for the horse to have the strength to carry himself to do the difficult movements. Yeah, I understand. Are they generally stallions or because I would have thought stallions add a further uh, complexities with them? Well, they do, but um, look, it's a real mix-up. The last two really good horses I had were both mares. Um, yeah, okay. I have had stallions in the past and some of them can be a little bit antsy in that they don't really accept... Um, 
the discipline. They sometimes have their own ideas. Um, yes. I love the mayors because the mayors have got that real staying power. They never give up. Um, and the geldings are also good, but I've got a real soft spot for mayors. But this stallion's quite different in his temperament. He's got a really gorgeous temperament and he's a real trier. Um, we did our first competition the other day on that one sole day where I think it hit 35 degrees down at Werribee, uh, where yeah. I was competing. And indoors it was about 38 degrees. So this poor guy's just come from Europe with his winter coat and um, had to work and then they were running late. So I was on him for an hour in the stinking heat. And I was so proud of him because he, like most stadiums, would have given up. He didn't. He yeah. really to the end. So I was very pleased with that because when you go to these big championship events at Olympics and World Championships, it's usually in hot conditions. Um, and the horses have to have that ability to fight on at the end and not give up. And he showed me that he had that. So that was really nice. Not just horses do that, and, and you said mayor, the mares you've had have had staying power and never give up, but there's some humans that uh, could be described as that, Mary. Exactly. <laughs> you have to be like that <laughs> to get to the Olympics. <laughs> Correct. Now, the start of the year, I saw a post you put on Facebook. Uh, I call it research. Some might call it stalking, but I call it research. Yeah. 20, 2022 is about horses, family, friends, and also forming new relationships, and I thought... That's a beautiful quote for your endeavours in harness racing. It's a, Harness racing is exactly about that. It's about horses, family, friends and forming new relationships. So tell us a little bit about how you've come involved with owning a harness horse in Heavensville. Well, that's a really good, good story because it's, it started way back um, when we were living down in Drysdale quite a number of years ago now, quite a few years ago, not, mm. that, not that long. Um, and um, I used to teach, uh, give dressage lessons to a girl called Sharon Lang, who was the wife of Chris Lang. Yep. And Chris, at some point of his career, um, became very unwell and had to stop training for a while. And they yeah. moved down to Drysdale to near where we lived. And um, I saw Chris occasionally, we'd catch up, and he said, you know, he's kind of missing the horses a bit. And I said, look, would, I'd really love it if you came around and gave us a hand some of the mornings um, in the stables. Um, really, I wanted to pick his brains because he's such a good horseman. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so around he came, come right, and whenever I had a problem with a horse's soundness or legs or something like that, I had this particular beautiful horse called Sunset that was a bit of a problem, and he'd, he'd give me some great advice, um, which I'd always took on board. And um, so, you know, we became kind of friends through that. Uh, and then... I have another friend, another very good friend, a guy called um, Emmanuel Baldacchino. He mm. is, um, he's been a lifelong friend. Um, he's a really interesting guy. Met him through the horses and through when I used to show some of the stallions. Um, and he's been a breeder of all sorts of things, including rabbits. He was a champion rabbit breeder. Um, okay. He's very good when he breeds anything. <laughs> he's one of these guys that goes off and studies to the nth degree of that bloodlines and things so yeah um it's i know it's a big jump from breeding rabbits to horses but he'd already been breeding warm blood horses and uh then he he for a long time had been involved in breeding the trotting horses um yep. so somewhere back in the past i got involved with this a trotting mare that he had um and uh, she was called heavenly shadow by shadow play yep. anyway 
she she the long and short was we eventually decided to put her in pole and um, Manny again was studying hard and he um, was talking about this shire called Huntsville. I think it's the first season shire. And so we put the mare to Huntsville and the result yep. was this beautiful big filly, Heaven's Hill. Um, lovely type of filly. I mean, I, I don't know anything about trotters, but just it, in my book, it was a beautiful big type of horse. So um, we put it all together and I said, listen, we should send her off to Chris Lang. I know Pace is not his favourite, but he's such a good guy and I admire him so much as a trainer. Um, yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Because he lives near us, um, nearby to us over near um, Riddles Creek and we're only here in Gisborne. So yep. we decided that was the way to go. We called up Chris and he very kindly took the filly for us. And, um, yeah, she came out and had her first race last week, which was pretty good, I thought. Um, oh, she went terrific. She yeah, we've got great hopes for her. Yeah, she ran a great second to Sweet Bella at Maryborough in one fifty six eight. Who came out last night and impressively won again, Sweet Bella. So, I think uh, she's put the riding on the wall with a few good trials as well, Heavensville. So, I think you're going to have some good fun with her, Mary. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I yeah go. Oh, it's just great to have sort of like have it all locally and we often go around and watch her work and it's just so nice to be you know have quite an involvement with the horse have you had a sit in the cart and a driver's yet no chris did ask me should i like to do that but i said no i much prefer to be on top of them i feel much more control on top of the horse sitting behind there i'm just not sure that i'm going to feel comfortable with that i am thinking about it perhaps maybe one day but right now i think i'll just give it a mix Oh, there's a uh, a jockey named Glenn Boss who did it as a bit of a uh, joke with uh, Andy Gath, who's another trainer, and Kate Gath got him on a horse, and he was surprised at how similar it feels when you've got the reins in really? your hand sitting yeah. behind. It is so similar. It's more similar than probably what you'd expect, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I haven't completely said no, but I'm, I'll have to give it a great deal of thought. <laughs> Very good. Mary, thank you so much for coming on and sharing a bit about your journey and your background. And I get a feeling when you'll have a crack at anything, and when you have a crack at it, you do it well. So I think Heavensville is going to be a success, as uh, everything you seem to have done has always been a great success. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Toby, and I hope your prediction's right. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Mary. There is Mary Hannah, a luminary of... Australian Olympics, really. She's been to six Olympic Games and is targeting another Olympic Games in 2024. And I suppose it's not hard to find out how old Mary is, but she's 68. So she's looking at, uh, I suppose she'll be 70 in 2024 with her horse, either Tommy or Ivanhoe. So much goes into it. And, and there's so many uh, comparisons you could make to harness racing, I'm sure, between the equestrian and dressage discipline and harness racing. And it takes time. It takes a lot of time with those horses. That is something that uh, we hear about in harness racing. We heard it yesterday, we just believe. 